deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I am your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz. Happy International Women's Day. Why, thank you. It is it is that time of year again. This is kind of a special occasion because this is kind of a good uh, a landmark, if you will, for the beginning of our show. It wasn't the first episode, but it was the second episode of The Shrieking Shack where we, we went through our uh, Women's Day special. And uh, <laughs> it's, it feels weird to be back here again. Yeah, are you having that ex- this experience that I'm having, which is I can kind of remember back, and I remember doing that segment, and just like, still, you know, new podcast, I felt like a little bit nervous, a little unsure, and now it's, you know, it's a year later, and I have no shame whatsoever. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, remember... Um... I, I I can't remember if it was that episode or the first episode where where you uh you told your your story about uh, about your Halloween costume and you, and and you were a little nervous about describing the Gryffindor costume or whatever as <laughs> slutty, right? Yeah. Uh, and now now we we're just I think the, I think the audience knows where we're coming from, right? Like we're not making fun of International Women's Day because we hate feminism. We're making fun of International <laughs> Women's Day because we hate capital F capitalist feminism it's because we hate bustle we hate bustle (laughs) we hate we hate this is the this is the hallmark feminism thing right like this we're we're just poking fun at that thing but yeah no i had i had a similar thing i i can relate when we were when we were doing our um our 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 orange cheeto man routine about trump right it's like (laughs) like 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 don't worry people we're not we're not the daily show we're not we're not that boring we are we are being ironic we are irony poisoned here on the shrieking shack yeah yeah we really are (laughs) anyway in the spirit of the holiday um this this wonderful holiday of of international women's day i have some shockingly relevant news for us that's excellent and i guess just to put some feelers out here sure uh because i I don't know if you've seen this headline yet Mm. but uh hey um speaking of international women's day how about that captain marvel movie huh oh fuck uh that's not what i was expecting at all um I have seen seen some stuff, you know, <laughs> and I didn't realize until maybe today or yesterday that I had seen so much stuff and the movie hadn't even come out yet. The movie is not out yet. I think it comes out this weekend. <laughs> Enjoy what you like. You know, if you, if you like the Marvel movies, go with God. I'm just saying that, like, maybe the movie about a, a fighter pilot in the first Gulf War is maybe not the the best we can do for movie feminism. Uh, apparently it is the best we can do (laughs) it is the best we can do so anyway we're all very excited to see captain marvel here at the shrieking shack but there's something even more exciting on the horizon i am going somewhere with this segue okay yeah black widow solo movie eyeing emma watson for co-lead no way are you excited can you imagine it's it's the two the two (laughs) most emotive actresses of of their age emma watson and uh uh scarlett johansson sharing the silver screen together is that not inspiring 
Uh, is Black Widow the one that's in the Avengers? Yes, uh, it's it's Scarlett Johansson. She's the one who wears the black jumpsuit and doesn't have any superpowers. Um, she just has a gun. Is she flips. like an assassin? Yes, she's a sexy. She's a sexy assassin, and uh, in the uh, in the Joss Whedon ones, her whole character arc was that she thought she was a monster because she uh, she was infertile or something. Oh, do we see a lot of her feet? Uh, The first thing you see in the first Avengers movie is her fucking feet, if I remember right, because she's like tied to a chair and she's being interrogated, and then she does a flip and kicks people yeah yeah you know they say they say some you know artists they they kind of you know they write the same novel over and over (laughs) again and joss whedon (laughs) he's an artist what can i say he is an artist uh and 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 by god he's he's going to show those actresses feet um but yeah so emma watson i guess is tipped to be in a marvel movie which is a that's that's I don't know. That's that's probably the biggest post Harry Potter thing any of these actors have done, right? If this is true, like uh, you know Daniel, you uh, Daniel Craig, <laughs> Daniel Craig, famous Daniel for Craig, Harry Potter, who, who played Mendungus Fletcher, uh, ah. also starred in uh, Equus. <laughs> uh, yeah, Daniel Radcliffe has been in a lot of stuff since Harry Potter, but nothing else as like huge. Um, but a Marvel movie would definitely be a big move for a, a Harry Potter actor, I think. Emma was was in that Beauty and the Beast live action. Oh, that's right. Movie, no, yeah, which that's I guess that's big. like big Disney, right? Yeah, that's a pretty. I, I forgot about that actually. I've not seen that. Is that like any good? I... From what I understand about it, it tried to fix a lot of things that probably didn't need to be fixed. Yeah, because that's... people people love people love to talk about Beauty and the Beast and be like, haha, it's Stockholm syndrome or like they love to point the out Watch like the movie. plot Watch... holes or whatever yeah. and so my understanding is that the live action film tried to like quote unquote fix it and it probably doesn't benefit from that right because it's a cartoon that... right it's a cartoon um, and, so... and also i, I think know. everyone got the, everyone got their beauty and the beast opinions from like message boards in 2010 yeah uh, so yeah, so that's exciting. Emma Watson on the big screen once again in a Marvel movie. That's if if that's not something to celebrate on Women's Day, what is? You know? Damn, it's so true. Um, we although we did mention Joss Whedon, and I would be remiss to not um, uh, mention t- uh, on International Women's Day that if I have to hear that quote one more time of Joss Whedon saying that the reason uh, he writes strong female characters is because he keeps getting asked that question, I am going to lose my mind <laughs> i forgot that was him jesus christ what a hero honestly true is there and is there anyone braver than than joss whedon in hollywood I, uh, I don't think so no i i think he's he is a trailblazer uh can't think of anything wrong that happened with uh joss whedon uh certainly not certainly definitely. not <laughs> nothing moving on nothing, <laughs> moving on we have some more emma watson news Wow. Um, I apologize for bringing this one. This one seems like maybe uh, an un- you know, the last one was a, a, a tr- you know a triumph of acting. She's going to be in a fucking Marvel movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems like a good thing to boost on International Women's Day. However, this one I do apologize. This feels a little uh, rude of me to bring up, but it is the news. It is my duty to report. Uh, you know, did, I report. Did, uh, you did someone 
did someone uh, spill a milkshake on all her money and, and destroy it? <laughs> someone spilled a, some her big unknown, pile of money. Some unknown podcast co-host uh, <laughs> poured a milkshake all over Emma Watson's car. Uh, and, That's and is gotta on be the awkward. Run. Yeah, yeah. They don't know who it is. I certainly don't know. Um, but this, you know, I, I, like I said, I, we, we, we report, you decide, um, uh, our Harry Potter and, uh, our Harry Potter co-stars, Emma Watson and Tom Felton really dating. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe it's a little crass to speculate on a famous <laughs> actress's dating life on International <laughs> Women's Day, but I saw this headline and I, my brain, uh, exploded because that is... <laughs> That is such a, a thing to think about because like Emma Watson is like doing book tours and being in Marvel movies and Tom Felton is uh, recording cameo videos next to garbage cans and in uh, buildings with no light sources. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's he's, he's, he's recording his cameos right out of the video game Resident Evil 2. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, I guess like that's kind of like a bad boy vibe, right? I guess yeah, he's he's got the he's he's got that hardened vibe. He's got that punk vibe. Do you think that do you think that Tom Felton ever rings doorbells or does he just walk right in? I don't read ring doorbells. Yeah, I, uh, for if anyone, we're reading after on the on the uh, bonus episodes. So, uh, so here's here's my thing. I I had to read this because the seventeen dot com headline here uh, is Dramione in real life well no <laughs> no they are they are uh normal people they are not the characters from harry potter but uh, just whew, that's quite a um uh a, a, a reach there there is a timeline of their relationship here uh on this article which feels a little obsessive maybe but uh we wouldn't know anything about being obsessive on this podcast no the main thing i want to talk about here is that the uh the i guess the main thing they do is is skateboard together there's a, a, a there's a what yeah there's a there's a paragraph here uh tom opened up about their reunion to us weekly revealing that they actually meet up with each other pretty often lovely emma we do see each other quite a lot actually we don't we just don't always post pictures about it tom told us weekly Everyone loves the reunion aspect of it. We're reuniting all the time. We just don't always post it to Instagram. She was in my neighborhood and I hadn't seen her for a few months and I decided to take her for a skateboarding lesson, which she was very good at, he continued. <laughs> she's quite hard on herself, but she's actually very good at it. So yeah, that was fun. I always enjoy spending time with her. Well, that's a sweet story. I want to see Emma Watson skateboarding. Why don't you take a cameo of that? mister yeah he's afraid of powerful women skateboarding that's my new theory <laughs> I, I this is very surprising to me considering all of the tom felton content we've kind of consumed yeah i was just like kind of worried about him a little bit <laughs> i'm still kind of worried about him like like i don't know i i wonder this is this is dark did this happen i don't know if this happened is, is, is tom felton the skater is this is this some fever dream that he's concocted? He's like, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a successful skater. I was in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Four. Uh, I'm skateboarding with my cool actress wife Emma Watson right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, that the garbage can I'm filming this cameo next to is actually the skate park one. You just can't see the skateboards. Um, I don't know. It's a little. I just get. 
It's, it's just because those cameos are so weird. I just have such a dark picture of Tom Felton these days. Yeah, I, I feel like this is kind of a, a ray of hope that he... I mean, I don't really care. I feel like I, I sound like I care. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I absolutely do not give a shit. And I really super don't care about celebs. No. Um, so, but it's but it is very interesting. Um, but yeah, you're right. It does kind of have the have the the energy of of like the uh, the Nathan Fielder. You know, my la- my friends are laughing out of frame. Just out of frame, right? Yeah. So we'll um, see if he posts something like that on Instagram. Oh, I mean, no, we won't because I'm not on Instagram. But I just realized that this is pretty problematic. Uh, I'm sorry Uh-oh. to inform you, Mr. Felton, but um, Emma Watson is not your manic pixie dream girl. Hmm. Very, very uncouth to post about your skateboarder girlfriend on International Women's Day. <laughs> She's busy with he for she uh, and, and is not skating with you right now. Well, uh, maybe he's going to teach her how to skateboard and she's going to teach him how to be a feminist. <laughs> oh, oh, there's mm, mm, you're OK. Add that to your pile of uh, fanfics that don't exist that you need to write. It is growing ever. Yeah, my pile is growing quickly. <laughs> as we as we record this show. Moving on. Uh I got another piece of news here. This is not really uh, uh related to the holiday, but this is this is some news. Hmm. The supervising art director uh Martin Foley is confirmed to return for Fantastic Beasts 3. I'm okay with that. I'm cool with that. There's there's one thing that's good about the Fantastic Beast movies is that they look pretty good, right? Like like yeah. I like I sure. like that stuff. However, the real reason I bring this up is cuz in this article, it brings up something about the the delay of the film I had not considered that was part and parcel with another headline for today. So we know the movie was delayed, um, right? And and we don't really have a reason why, other than them vaguely saying that like the movie's going to be bigger this time, and then the CEO sort of vaguely talking about how like the oh we know what we we need to do. J.K. Rowling is is writing it. Uh, we're going to make it good, but we de- we hadn't really gotten like a, any concrete reason still, and we kind of don't. But something happened today that might be a clue that we've overlooked. Oh, Johnny Depp is reportedly suing Amber Heard for defamation. Hmm. Uh, and this article brings up that, like, in the you know, in the time between all of this Amber Heard stuff kicking off and uh, and the Grindelwald movie coming out, Johnny Depp was dropped from Pirates of the Caribbean. He was dropped from. Uh, they were still making pirates movies. They are making another pirates movie. He was in a pirates movie like last year uh, or like the year before. It was a Do they have any movie. actors left now? Well, they've got Javier Bardem, I think. He was dropped from the Universal Dark Universe. Remember the Dark Universe movies? Oh, yeah, I do. He was going to be the Invisible Man, apparently. He still could be. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a good invisible joke. <laughs> I think he should be. <laughs> If there's one role that Johnny Depp could play uh, on stage and screen and in <laughs> real life, it would be the Invisible Man. So I, I, I think that this this article raises a good point. It's like there's, a, I'll just quote here: "There's a good chance Warner Bros. has noticed the box office dip uh, uh, keeping Johnny on the Fantastic Beasts franchise, and consistent headlines might not be worth the headaches." Um, Fantastic Beasts made 814 million. Crimes of Grindelwald dipped significantly uh, and ended up making nearly 200 million less. 
um studios notice massive dips like that and don't brush them off i i'm very interested in this because because if if johnny depp is like back in the news again for suing amber heard they're probably not gonna are they gonna stick with him again like they stuck with him the first time because they figured oh this is gonna make a bunch of money if 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 the money's not coming in they have no reason to be that callous right i mean it is still callous but like the the reason they kept him on was because they figured it was a money maker and they would be fine if that's not the case maybe he is in trouble yeah i don't know why they would think that but i guess i could see why they could i have kind of two thoughts here my first one (laughs) is that um like wow johnny depp is a real jackass isn't he sure my first thought my second thought is that it is not too late for him to morph back into Colin Farrell. Please morph back into <laughs> Colin Farrell. <laughs> there, are, there are three more movies. Uh what like that that is a twist. I, I you know JK Rowling uh, I have been shocked to see how many times the same like plot point happens in mm-hmm. her writing. Like how many times does someone just like get revealed to be someone else that you don't know at the uh-huh. end of something? And I think it would be, it would really show a lot of growth and would be just a kind of stunning, um, like incredible moment. If Johnny Depp morphed back into Colin Farrell, it would be, I I'm all for it. Absolutely. It's not too late. What it's other, magic. Who- if if not Colin Farrell, anyone else, please. Sure, there yeah. Are, also, anyone else. <laughs> I don't know. Get there's there's a lot of there's a lot of good good like. Oh my god! What if he evil guy what if, actors? What if he morphed into Benedict Cumberbatch? What if he What if he morphed into Benedict Cumberbatch? <laughs> That's perfect, right? It's perfect right casting. There. Right there. Just do that. Jesus Christ. Um. Yeah, I would vastly prefer that. Um. But I did. I did find that interesting because yeah, I. We, we still don't know we don't have a concrete reason for the delay but this might be I, w- I would say that this might be up there as like a possible reason i'm i, I had not uh i had not considered this because i try not to think about modern johnny depp very much you know um, yeah yeah i kind of um uh like obviously we talked about it a lot when when they confirmed like he would be in crimes of grindelwald mm-hmm. um but after that all kind of settled i was just like okay well it's over and i guess i mean to yeah. the studio that must not be the case especially if they're not making money which is all they care about right exactly right like it's 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 sad and and pathetic and stupid that like this would be the thing that would make them that would force their hand into like maybe not paying johnny depp millions of dollars but like i guess it's something right that's capitalism baby that's that's capitalism baby that's international women's (laughs) day before we get to our reading this isn't harry potter related but it is women's day related and i think this is an important thing for us to uh uh, put a flag in the ground for sure i want to talk about momo oh yeah i mean that's an online hoax and we're an online podcast I just I just want to want to make it clear here. I want to take a stand because because, you know, especially now that the news that it is a hoax has sort of like been widely accepted. I'm not seeing a lot of people coming out and and and, you know, being strongly in favor and, and supporting Momo. It, everyone's just sort of quietly going about their day, ignoring the issue. Yeah, they're but not I'm really embracing s- her. No, they're not. And and I'm here to say the Shrieking Shack is 100 percent unbridled 
uh pure momo support we love momo yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, I am in general like a big fan of like horror art. I suppose like mm-hmm. I, I think I think that the the statue, the sculpture is is very cool. Um, yeah, it's a and, cool design. And uh, this whole thing has been extremely funny. If I if I'm being honest, <laughs> the 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 thing that is funniest about it is that it originated with a like local police station's Facebook. Like, that's where, that was, like, patient zero for this, was that, like, a a local police station, some cop posted a, like, there's a scary ghost on the internet that is telling kids to kill themselves, and it's the idea that a a adult human with authority in society (laughs) was scared enough by a a, a cool sculpture of a a demon or whatever to... (laughs) to post this thing and start like a mass panic <laughs> that's just fucking sad right well, like it's pretty scary it's i'm not momo not that scary the eyes are a little freaky well you know but, they but they bump up that contrast on that picture mm, some spooky stuff she's just like a little harpy demon it's cute she's got little bird legs yeah i think she's yeah. cute she could she could do with some like conditioner or something but like I'm not here to judge. We love Momo. Um, do you think that um Vila kind of look like Momo when they go bird form? Oh shit! That's like they probably perfect. have they probably have like bodies still because I think Momo is just like legs, right? She, um, yeah, she's like a torso with legs with bird right. legs. Right, uh, and I think, but like face and and energy. Do you think that they are similar That's to Momo? That's such a good. Ooh, I had not thought of that. They yes, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm declaring that canon. I think that that's perfect. When they when they get all freaky and shoot fireballs. Uh, they look a little bit like Momo. I love right, that. Like, like, isn't that not cool? Like Fleur in the maze, you know, Harry rounds a corner and she's like bird mode. Very cool. Going birdo mode? Yes. Yes. Fuck yes. <laughs> Fuck yes. I love this. I love Momo. Um, if you are blissfully unaware of the Momo news, which I'm sure anyone listening to this is not, but just in case you are, please go look it up. There are a lot of good articles now about the like... The hysteria around this and it's just it's 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 so perfectly dumb uh <laughs> um uh that I, I i can't not um you know declare loudly and openly uh the shrieking shack support for this uh cute little demon creature yeah and try to find a p- the picture that is just the sculpture and not the like high contrast creepy pasta <laughs> uh Although there is a very, very funny video of someone reacting to the scary video and yes. saying like disgusting. Yes, that video is incredible. We here's here's the thing. We are one okay, no, our second we have we've had two call out posts. Uh number one, someone got mad at us for being mean to JK Rowling after like our third episode. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um then we had another call out post saying that uh, we were too mean to creepy pasta. And I will go on record here and say, you know what? You might be right. I I uh, I am now 100 percent on board with a creepy pasta character. I love Momo. Um, so now I understand. I've seen the light. My third eye has opened. I respect Slenderman fans now uh, because uh, Momo, Momo is in that category, I think, you know, like. Like, oh yeah, I, 
I, I, I think that that's fair to say. So, so there's our, our first on air apology. Hopefully the last one we'll ever have to do. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think that I've always kind of liked creepy pasta. I think that we were just kind of on the, the older side of things when that mm-hmm. kind of, I mean, there were definitely like, I, I can remember reading the, the haunted, uh, pokemon cartridge on on 4chan when i was that's like true 14. yeah yeah i like that stuff i like uh i like um ben drowned that's a good one yeah sure i like i like the story about the guy spelunking in that cave where the demon is or whatever that had all the weird pictures that was a good one um i like the movie blair witch which is basically just a creepypasta movie uh so yeah, yeah okay that's real. i guess i've always been non-fic- the non-fiction movie. non-fiction the non-fiction movie blair witch project um anyway i i I guess this isn't surprising the headlines tried to spin it as like in reaction to the news but it 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 wasn't it's just the reality of making sculptures that you tear them down pretty much immediately after they're displayed um uh but if 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 the artist behind the momo statue is listening and still has (laughs) any of the momo pieces please send them to the shrieking shack uh uh we we would love to honor momo uh especially on you know it, look it's international women's day and 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 everyone was was so quick to uh to tear down momo this powerful demon harpy right and, yeah uh, i i think that that's that that's you know if you if you were to, if you were if you were scared if you were um taken up in the in the in the frenzy after some cops got scared of a little demon bird uh uh you know take a moment to reflect and and apologize to momo we do like momo here we do love momo here momo and dobby otp uh i I don't i don't know about that one (laughs) you don't you don't like that one okay well we we can we can we can work we can hammer out the details i guess sure uh, sure let's let's get into our reading i think yeah yeah let's do it um this is like kind of dense and also kind of not because not a whole lot happens um i'll start yeah i'll start it off with uh chapter three which is called the advance guard um harry gets back to his room and writes an angry letter to ron hermione and sirius demanding that they tell him what's going on and he tells hedwig hedwig don't come back until until you know, you have nice long letters from them because I'm I'm not going to take it anymore. Um, and uh, he expects to find letters the next morning, but sadly he does not. And and we get like another three days go by where Harry's just been uh, really depressed and is kind of just winding himself up all over again, uh, just kind of going back to normal. Um, it's it's been three days since he sent the letter when when Uncle Vernon comes up and tells Harry, you know. He's kind of being self-satisfied and is like, I'm taking the family out. We're going to go accept an award for uh, having a really well manicured lawn. And Harry just says, whatever, I don't don't care. Uh, So they leave. And and while while the Dursleys are out, a bunch of wizards break into Harry's house to pick him up, basically. Uh, And and we see that it's um, it is for real moody. and it's Lupin. So those are the people that we know. But there is also a bunch of wizards who we're being introduced to for the first time. And I guess the two that are going to become characters, uh, this is the first time we see Tonks and the first time we see Kingsley Shacklebolt. Uh, there's also like a long list of other uh 
members of the order that kind of went along to, to pick him up and, and protect him. And though I'll just list the names. We have uh, Elphias Doge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no comment. Uh, we have Daedalus Diggle, um, who is, I believe, the wizard that Harry met in the Leaky Cauldron in Sorcerer's Stone. Yes. Uh, there's also Ameline Vance, Sturgis Podmore, and Hestia Jones. Uh, Moody is uh, being paranoid and, and tells Lupin to ask Harry a question that only he'll know the answer to, just in case he's he's a ender polyjuice or something. And so Lupin asks him what his Patronus form is, and Harry tells him. Uh, basically, uh, he needs to pack up and go with them to, to the Order headquarters. Uh, Harry does get Moody a glass of water to clean his magic eye. Uh, Tonks uh, goes upstairs with Harry to help him pack. Uh, and that is the scene where we find out that she is a metamorph Megus, uh, which is someone that can change their appearance at will. And Harry kind of has a small conversation with her uh, about wondering if someone can learn how to do it. But she explains that that she was born with it. And he kind of thinks that he would like to uh, uh, hide his scar if he could. Uh, Tonks is also very impressed by his broom. No comment. Nice. Again. Uh, nice. <laughs> as they go, Moody casts a disillusionment charm on Harry, which kind of turns him like camouflage mode, basically. And uh, they he finds out that they're going to travel uh, on brooms to two headquarters and it's a hor- and the rest of the chapter is basically a horrible long broom ride in the horrible freezing cold rain, awful. Uh, and Moody's being like paranoid about them being followed. Uh, so they do a lot of like turns and stuff. And, and I think it's like Tonks. that's kind of like, Oh, come on, Moody. Don't be so paranoid. Um, they arrive at like a muggle street uh, and Moody gives Harry a piece of paper says, you know, read this, memorize it. Uh, Harry. Uh, and we get the text of the piece of paper, which is uh, the address Grimmauld place headquarters of the order of the Phoenix, which I think is like, the first time we see the the phrase order of the phoenix uh and that's the end of the chapter you know i I said at the top here that like oh nothing happens i forgot that this chapter actually has a lot of really fun stuff in it um i like the meeting between harry and all these wizards and stuff um but before we get to that we've got to talk about harry's behavior here right he's he's going through it (laughs) he's going through harry is going through it uh he is such an asshole in this part where he's writing this letter um he's being an asshole to his friends and he's being an asshole to hedwig which uh offends me even more i think unacceptable unacceptable be nice to the bird um but I, i i do like this this like moment this there's a weird arc i have with this reading where um if this was like the peak of him being an asshole in this chapter or in this in this this book or whatever i think this would be great because like he's just like fed up um he's been you know he's been through the ringer for the past few days uh and he's lashing out and like i get it right like like i i under this is this is again the version of like the goblet of fire thing where he's like you know working himself up and and you know getting mad about his friends for no real reason like i get it here it's the mm-hmm. fact that it kind of continues on in, in our next chapter yeah. where i kind of part ways with it but i like this i like this scene this chapter i think is about the last chat well i mean i guess i've only read one more chapter after this but like my patience hasn't quite run out 
this mm-hmm. chapter. Uh, I think it has a good like cabin fever kind of vibe. Exactly. Right? Like like he's 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 freaking out, uh, but he's stuck and he's cut off, and it's kind of that. Uh, I mean, he's like in this very oppressive atmosphere, and and is, uh, I mean, he's he's got cabin fever and wants to know what's going on, and I'm pretty so far on board with that um yeah and, and i'm still like liking all the dursley stuff a lot like this is yes. like i said last week i was like return to form for the dursleys i love vernon's like we want to we want a lawn competition uh which i left out of our summary but it but tonks mentions like haha no he didn't we sent that to get them out uh, of the house i have a particular form of brain disease where mm-hmm. whenever i hear the word lawn um in conjunction with character development all I can think of is King of the Hill. And so now to me, Vernon Dursley is Hank Hill. <laughs> and I read all of the dialogue and whoa, whoa, we we boy, we have won we've won the best suburban lawn competition and you are gonna stay here. That's very that funny. Boy, I, the boy ain't right. <laughs> I read a uh, Reddit thread uh today actually that was like what are the mistakes that you made reading harry potter for the first time and a really common one were people saying like oh i was a i was a kid and uh an american so i thought that it took place in america so i could see Uh i could see vernon being hank hill in in the american harry potter for sure i want this the more i think about it the more i want it like so badly (laughs) get all these dang owls out of my house that's very funny. Hank Hill is a, I'm not very familiar with King of the Hill. He's a very sympathetic character, though, at least, right? Yes, yes, he is. It is a very affectionate look at, at mm-hmm. Hank Hill, so it doesn't really work for Vernon. But, like, just just that that is, like, his obsession with his lawn, like, to me, that is, like, one of his defining character traits. And whenever right, I see right. another character have that, I'm just like, oh, it's Hank. I love Hank. Um, but, yes, yeah, so so that's, that's my new headcanon. Um... This meeting, which is like the bulk of this chapter, uh-huh. uh, is good question mark. I I don't understand why all of these extra characters are here. The only thing I can think, because I was also wondering that, um, and I and I guess I have come to kind of two reads of the situation. Um, one of which is the one I'm kind of leaning toward is that it is trying to show the scale or the importance level of the Order of the Phoenix, right? Okay. Like yeah. like to to try to give some information that gives us an idea that it isn't just Dumbledore, Snape, Moody, and Lupin, right? right. Like we get just yeah. like kind of a laundry list of characters that we're never going to hear or see again, just to give kind of a, an idea of the scope. The other one that's like a, a little bit more of like, I guess a reach is, uh, but it could also work on its own is that it there's that kind of angle where all these people wanted to help because it's harry potter and harry potter's kind of like having this weird struggle that we'll talk about more in in the next okay. chapter we read about being quote-unquote famous and like yeah and having the- having daedalus diggle there is what reminds me of that that he's the guy from the sorcerer's stone that's right and, and like they do say like like moody does say that like oh you know a lot of people volunteered to come help you because you're harry potter right and like right. that's that's the textual reason it's just like from a storytelling perspective it makes this chapter so much like clunkier than it needs to be because like we're getting all these names that like aren't actually doing anything to the story the theory i had um that uh i i, I don't think has any 
basis in reality, but I'll I'll say it anyway, is that like <laughs> I, I can't remember if Kingsley becomes a major character in this book or if it's late. And I was kind of wondering if this was like a test balloon, like, oh, which of these characters <laughs> do people like the most, right? Because we've you know, we've got multiple witches here, we've got Daedalus, who's like a returning character. Uh and, and and when we and we have Kingsley and it's like you know our any one of these could have been could have like filled his role as a character sure. later on right maybe yeah um but it is just very strange because like there that we I, I like the conversation between Lupin and Harry and Moody and Tonks a lot um and we're like, we're getting introduced to a new character and we're also meeting real Moody for the first time and we're reuniting with Lupin so it's like already a very crowded chapter. Mm-hmm. character wise but we also have like ah here's but not fill the bag shot is here and 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 daedalus dickhole is here and 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 alphias doge uh Alphias founder doge. Uh, founder of that meme that we all love so much <laughs> he's he's in the corner he keeps yelling karen you contemptuous witch let me let me out of this painting <laughs> i just want to see my child once more yeah i i i don't know uh, yeah, I, like, like I think you're right. The first one is probably the 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 best one here. It's like, it's it's to show that this is a big deal, right? Like, right, like, and like and also just Harry kind of entering a world outside of Hogwarts and and kind of the scope of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, would is it really something only Harry would know that the his Patronus is a stag? He has shot his Patronus off a lot. In these, in these books he shot That's it like, off last chapter he shot it off last <laughs> chapter he shot it off in the maze uh to shoot at a spider uh like you know he's he's cranking patroni out and i don't think that only he knows that it's it's a stag that's my that's my that's just his on. and lupin's little secret his and- <laughs> oh god um i feel like the real answer would have been what would your bog art be right like that seems like the the yeah the thing that they the information that they share that would, would be more appropriate there um i'm glad to have real moody uh i like i like moody a lot like as a character i like the kind of like like gri- grizzled old soldier character like I, <laughs> I i like that archetype a lot it's very silly but like i think it's funny in harry potter because harry potter is like such a whimsical goofy series having the like serious military guy there is kind of funny like it works for me yeah um but the major thing here is tonks tonks Mm. gets a really long intro here um i had completely forgotten how thorough her like first like chapter is yeah i i was surprised by that it's kind of it kind of feels funny and a little bit out of place that she's the one that's like okay let's go pack up your stuff um but i will take it because i i do like the scene um i think my favorite part of this uh is harry's harry's depression mess yes like yes. Uh, it's kind of a small detail uh that i did like a lot um this has yeah. a lot this has a lot more realistic focus on his mental state than i was expecting mm-hmm. going into this book yeah yeah i'm enjoying that stuff a lot like my patience is wearing thin with his like actual behavior especially in the next chapter but like as far as it capturing like the feeling of like being in this sort of like you said like cabin fever depression mode it's good at that 
Um, mm-hmm. it, it's it's very uh, uh, it's it, it it is crafting that mood very well. And like I I have to say, even even at the lowest points of this reading, I have to reiterate the the writing is so much better than Goblet of Fire. Yes, like like just head and shoulders above Goblet of Fire in terms of like how it's crafting mood, how how it's like parsing out dialogue um like the little descriptions of thing like it's just it just feels like so much better yeah i think that there are some kind of stylistic things that we can talk about next chapter but you're (laughs) right like like writing wise it's it just it's so readable and i'm not saying that goblet of fire wasn't readable but it this feels like um it's just it is pleasant to read and there's it reminds me a little bit of the first ones which were like still kind of rough around the edges for sure but there is something like jk rowling is really good at and it's kind of making you feel clever when you're reading exactly writing yes yeah there's some great little moment like there's great little like jokes in here i mean i think the one of my favorite things in, in this chapter is the uh the part where moody says i need to disillusion you and harry's like (laughs) what (laughs) Uh, like that's a really good little gag um there's there's some great little moments here but 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 i was really really taken aback uh by how long tonks and harry got to spend together just talking and i Uh i because like tonks is a character that i like i remember because like like tonks is like one of my first like ah fictional character crushes right like everyone fucking loved tonks tonks is the original the original goth gf for a lot of this, people right I, like, okay okay we gotta break this down because i am fascinated by this because mm-hmm. i did not get that at all that missed me by like a hundred miles uh-huh. and everyone that i've talked to about harry potter after me being really into it as like a teen has said that like tonks tonks is the goth gf and i was like wow i just like i i felt like she was such an unremarkable character i know it's because i only have eyes for severus snape i know that this is not (laughs) you know no no stones being thrown in this in this glass house uh where we love the (laughs) where we love the mean old man i just i'm fascinated well to be clear it's not the way i feel feel now it's the way i felt reading this again and like remembering in my head that 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 is like that was my connection to this character a long time ago sure um reading it now it's it feels it's kind of funny it's like both i think she is actually a more fleshed out character in this scene than i remembered um Mm -hmm. but also and this might just be like my own like you know inherent cynicism around these books uh and and jk rowling but she also feels so perfectly crafted as like the like here you go here's here's a here's a new female character for you right like there's like like she just like ticks all of these like early 2000s boxes that i found very interesting that like oh she's got she's got short hair and she's got um she's kind of like clumsy she's not ladylike and it was like okay this is the this is the 2000s woke character i think yeah yeah i can see that like like that's just the 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 thing i was picking up on because like she is so unlike any character that we've gotten 
in this series yet right like the closest we've had to a cool character has been bill and like bill was <laughs> such a like like there's honestly some parallels with bill here and it is such a a window into like what jk rowling thinks the like youth culture is right um the long the I, ponytail and the the one dragon tooth earring very cool right right like like both both tonks and bill uh are both characters that like jk rowling saw on tv in in news reports about um uh woodstock 99 or something right like like just just very stock 90s like grunge kids kind of yeah it's very so do you think they both have ramones t-shirts or like do you think (laughs) one of them has one what do you think about that god she i i swear to god and maybe this is something uh i've made up or is like a movie exclusive i swear to god she has a like weird sisters shirt at one point <laughs> like I, I i think that is something that comes up um but yeah it's just like she's she's a she is a cool character but i can't help but shake that this is like a a like post hermione criticism like like course correction maybe sure yeah, I'm very interested in how it all shapes up. I mean, obviously, we know that she's... Uh, I'm curious if she has been crafted from the beginning to be with Lupin, I guess, is my thing that I honestly I'm feel looking absolutely not. I, hmm. I, at least from this scene, I did not pick up anything from between the two characters. I honestly... And maybe this is the the thing that I am... Um, uh i'm i'm picking up on here and the thing that i picked up on way back when is that the vibe that i got here honestly is that she's supposed to be the cool older girl that harry gets a crush on like oh yeah i can see that that's the vibe i got from this scene yeah because he has kind of that vibe like oh i kind of like you're you're cool and i kind of wish i could uh, like do the cool power that you have but she she's there and she's like cleaning up his his teen depression mess but is like mm-hmm. being, being super cool about it and is like i don't know cleaning spells either wink wink so uh, yeah i can i can see that yeah, she, li- for she sure. literally comes into his room and cleans up his mess right like yes. like <laughs> uh, like like as far as like I, I don't know like like and maybe and maybe it's also like the visual design of the character is like like having me a little biased here because like she is like the classic like manic pixie dream girl design right like she's the she's got the she's got the colored hair and the and like the gothy clothes i'm like okay she's literally coming into his his life fixing his room packing his stuff for him she's kind of like mothering him a little bit she's cool and she's attractive uh and like she's everything he wants to be you know he wants to be a cool cop and transport like it's just it's just ticking all these like oh i okay i i, uh, I she even I th- she even has the scene where she looks in the mirror and is like what is, what do you think about a hair like this like it's yeah just, it's it's a lot i mean that's very many manic pixie dream girl to me is the like oh and then the next day she showed up with purple hair because she was really cool and like carefree <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so yeah i can see it that that's the vibe i that's what i was getting here like maybe that's why i latched onto it as a teen because i was like whoa she is so cool and sexy right like like i'm harry i'm i want a, a magic lady to come into my room and, and fix everything right like <laughs> no, well who doesn't well who do- okay fair enough <laughs> um, uh, I, I, the, 
the interaction that really killed me was uh, her seeing the firebolt and saying like, oh, you have a firebolt. I'm still riding a Comet 260 or whatever. Uh-huh. I, I can't yeah. I can't get over Harry's like cool thing as having just like a, a fucking I try so hard. I was like, yes, thank you. I was like, what's a cool, expensive car? I just couldn't come <laughs> up with one. Um <laughs> Yeah. It's it's a very funny refrain that just keeps coming up over and over and over again. Yeah, it just again, I it doesn't help. And this is the movie's fault more than the books. But like like it is extra funny uh that you know, like you said when you were doing your summary, no comment. The the phallic nature of the brooms <laughs> is like really funny to think about in this context. Like everyone is just so impressed with Harry's big broom, right? Like it's there's there's a little bit of a, a Freudian feel to some of this stuff, I guess. But but yeah, I, I don't want to harp on the broom thing too much. But like the other thing that's weird is that Harry is having such an internal life in this book. Mm-hmm. And there's no point where he has like any kind of reaction to her saying that, which I which like strikes oh, me yes. as more weird because in the other books, he isn't having an internal life because he's just like completely <laughs> passive, uh, except for uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, but in this case, it, it just feels really weird that she they have that conversation and he there's no like embarrassment or like pride or any kind of anything from him. Right. No, he's he, it's it is a fact of life. He does he do be having a cool broom. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just I just found that fascinating. Like like I did not remember Tonks having this much presence. I thought she was a much mm-hmm. more minor character, and that I had sort of like in my memory kind of blown it up like out of proportion because because she was like my favorite character as a kid. Hmm. But no, she's pretty like much like like the 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 focus here. Uh, in this chapter, aside from the reunion with Lupin, which I, I I was not expecting. Yeah, I I just have I've talked to so many people that have said that Tonks was was their favorite character as a kid, and and it's just one of those things where I'm like I just didn't pick up on any of that. I uh, I I have no I have no excuse. Ninety nine percent of it is is the fact that she was just like the cool older girl, right? Like there's there's no actual actual substance to okay, it. Okay, but I liked the evil old man, so really, again. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, uh, no, no stones in this glass house. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else going on in this chapter. Not really. Like they fly back and it's a cute scene, but um, there's nothing like major that happens, really. Do you picture the the broom thing like a motorcade? Every time they do a like extended like like non-quidditch flying sequence in harry potter i have a real hard time uh picturing what it's supposed to be like and the the movies don't do a great job because they just turn them into chase sequences generally yeah um so like i still have a very hard time because yeah like they're like talking to each other Mm -hmm. like and they're flying on brooms they can't be that far apart from each other and it just seems like a really because there, there's the line about like oh we gotta fly left there's a muggle looking up or whatever it's like flying left isn't gonna fucking solve that problem <laughs> like eight people are flying on broomsticks like yeah I don't know when I see a bird if it just like flies left I can still see uh-huh? the bird right oh huh? where to go what yeah it's, that's a very odd odd thing I I I'm just gonna say it here I think that uh, a carpet would have been much more efficient but the the wizard government. Also is racist seems, against flying carpets. It seems uh, a lot comfier too. Yeah, 
yeah you yeah you're not gonna get like like fucking like a writer's uh like muscle cramp can you imagine like being a like writing Harry Potter and thinking up like cool like like magical artifacts from like other countries and cultures and then being like nope they're illegal in my world. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> it's so dumb. And like like I that was honestly one of my favorite parts of Goblet of Fire was that whole weird like political discussion about like cauldron thickness and and uh <laughs> uh you know the the legality of of uh of of carpets versus brooms and like i get the joke and i and like the target of the joke i think is the ministry and not the the like the, the other countries right but it also still ends up having the byproduct of you don't get to see any of that stuff right <laughs> which is a bummer yeah it also definitely has the like uh, very common at this time like frivolous lawsuit vibe like it's 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 like such a moving uh, it's such a moving target of a joke yeah right yeah yeah it's it's, it's kind of a rorschach test joke maybe i don't know oh there is one other thing we should talk about in this chapter before we move on though I sure just remembered sure we got to talk about kingsley because he is a major character eventually, and this is his introduction. Yeah, I um, I have to confess that when I re- read his name this mm-hmm. time, his last name, Shacklebolt, I was like, I googled it, because I was like, please let this be a real name. Uh, and obviously it's not, right? It's, it's uh, not. I went, I went to, like, the MuggleNet name meanings uh, page, which is very funny, um, mostly because it just, like, I mean, it is funny because of this example where it's like, like Shackle and Bolt because he's a cop and he locks people up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. not a not a great name. Uh, although there was something I was waiting for in this in this chapter that never came up. And I realized it was like a movie, a movie design special was that it, at no point in the in the book does it say that he's wearing a, a, a kufi and dashiki uh right. which which his movie design is and i'm just like he was born in fucking he was born in the uk like like he's probably not wearing traditional african dress um but uh yeah i don't know it's it's cool that we're getting like like more di- uh, a more diverse cast of like tertiary characters but he doesn't really do much except stand around and every time he talks the the book goes out of its way to say oh he has such a deep soothing voice i'm like mm-hmm, okay like yeah can we get any other aspect can we get any other details about this character please i hope i hope we'll get a scene with him uh similar to the Tonks scene not in content yeah. but like a scene for him to um have a character yeah yeah definitely um i remember i remember liking kingsley like like another character that i like but i don't remember why right I, like like I, I, what scenes he has yeah i guess um, my, I, know, my, I know he has to have more my like memory of him as being like one of the competent members of the order of the phoenix right like that, yeah like he, yeah he was someone that was uh like not super eccentric and just kind of was good at doing the thing Be- but i don't, I don't really cop. i don't know i don't know what the thing is <laughs> right yeah he, I, like he's he's like in contrast to characters like mundungus who are like like shifty types who have like joined the order because they have like 
sneaky powers right and like he's he's an or and like he's very he becomes he's the, pa- he's the paladin he's the paladin <laughs> of the group i'm i'm, now, yeah. I'm gonna be constructing um uh D classes for all of these characters um, okay because mendunga is a rogue clearly yeah but mendunga also is like a thief oh t- yeah uh yeah because tonks is like a, a third edition rogue and and um and mendungus is like an ad and d thief yeah yeah okay so i think that i think that about covers that chapter um it's I, mostly pretty good I, I i liked this chapter a lot and like i i found the tonks stuff interesting uh just because i i did not remember her being so prominent and um i i was at least for this chapter on board with harry's angst let's let's get to the next chapter where i think i hop off that train yeah uh that is chapter four which is called number 12 grimold place um so we're we're here harry has has read the piece of paper uh and after he reads it and kind of memorizes the address and the name uh in the ordinary muggle neighborhood a house appears out of nowhere and it's like you know all the houses are kind of uh, all attached or at least very close together so it's like this cute magical like all the houses move over so this new one can can show up uh and and harry goes inside uh mrs weasley is there and is the first person we see um and we kind of find out she's like dinner's almost ready but we're having a meeting right now so you're gonna have to wait until after uh go upstairs so harry goes upstairs um and and we get a little bit of like description of the house and it's old and old and horrible and dark and a you know what what seems to be like an old dark wizard's house and on the way in the hallway there's like a row of uh taxidermied house elf heads uh up on the wall uh, harry goes into one of the bedrooms uh where hermione is so excited to see him like immediately hugs him is like you're here you're here i'm so happy ron ron harry's here this is great news uh and they're they're super duper happy um but harry uh, is not and he uh, starts kind of asking them questions like what's been going on why haven't you told me anything uh, Hermione explains that Dumbledore made them swear not to tell Harry uh, so they couldn't and they wanted to uh, but Harry just kind of loses it and he yells at them uh, this is all caps yelling uh, basically you should have told me uh, I went through all this stuff uh, and recaps the last books of all the stuff that he went through and if anyone should know what's going on it should be him uh why are they involved they don't do anything um and and just kind of on and on uh hermione agrees with them and apologizes and is like yeah of course we should have told you we should have been loyal to you on and on and on uh it's at that point that fred and george kind of interrupt they they show up and are are like hey harry we heard you yelling um and we kind of learn that uh the kids are are mostly like kept in the dark about about the order of the phoenix meetings um but fred and george have invented some extendable ears to try to like get bits and pieces out of the meetings and and eavesdrop on them uh but uh, molly weasley did find out and they got in big trouble and so there have been repelling charms kind of set up around the meeting space um also Ginny is there uh she explains that she has kind of tried to uh find out if they're repelling charms by throwing dung bombs down there and seeing if they bounce off the door um we also kind of learn uh that percy is not a member of the order of the phoenix it turns out that that he has sided with the ministry in all of this uh he has decided that dumbledore is is uh is crazy and so is harry um 
Hermione then kind of talks to Harry. Harry says that he has been getting the news, um, but Hermione doesn't realize that he has not been reading the entire paper where he has been kind of smeared uh, and and has there's like a narrative in the news that Harry is just kind of some kind of attention-seeking brat and Voldemort's not back. He's just like living in like a fantasy world. Um, uh, it's at this point that I guess like Molly Weasley shows up and it's like, okay, the, or the, uh, the meeting is over, so it's dinner time, uh, and uh, asks why there are dung bombs down uh, next to the door, and Ginny says that it's creatures. So the reason, a small detail, but I bring it up because this is the first time we hear uh, we get the creature name drop there. Uh, and Ron and Hermione kind of have a little argument where Hermione, where Ron says, "Yeah, that house elf is is crazy," and Hermione says, "You know, he's not crazy." Uh, and he's like, oh, yeah, you still like house elves, don't you? Um, they go to eat dinner, but they kind of try to eavesdrop on a small gathering of order members as they're on their way out the door. Um, and Snape is there and we find out that he never eats dinner uh, there at the there at the house. Um, they're unable to hear any information, uh, but there is a there is a loud crashing sound. And it turns out Tonks has tripped over something. And all of a sudden there's a horrible screaming, yelling uh a thing and and it looks like there's a uh, kind of a portrait in the entryway of a woman that has been woken up by the noise and is is screaming uh magical slurs basically um about blood traders and such uh and and someone emerges and yells at the portrait and kind of makes it makes it stop by drawing the curtain across it and uh that person says oh i see you've met my mother and it's serious black and that's the end of the chapter I've got I've got a piece of information for you about <laughs> about Harry Potter and the Order What's of the that? What's that? Did you know that Grimmauld Place is is a little bit of wordplay uh, for Grim Old Place? <laughs> wow! Thank you so much for that. I had no idea. <laughs> that is like seriously. If you search Grimmauld Place on on the Reddit, it is like there are at least twenty threads that are like. Like DAE notice, it means grim old place, grim, grim old place. Something I just noticed on this reread. <laughs> well, there specifically there is there is one here that says only took me fourteen reads to get it, which <sighs> that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of times to read this book and not pick up on that. That's too um, many times to read this book. It's too many me. times to read this book. Probably read another I, I, book, I, I, maybe. I, Maybe, maybe so. So yeah, this chapter um, is is kind of where I'm starting to see what people are talking about when they talk about not liking Harry uh, in in this book. Um, I think there's a there's basically a a, a specific turning point in in these com this conversation he has with Ron and Hermione that is is kind of my like this is like this is my seinfeld throwing his hands up and walking out of the theater gift moment <laughs> right like sure um and it's the part where after he kind of explodes all the stuff that has been on his mind all, all summer he gets it off his chest he just kind of keeps going and then says that his friends are stupid and don't do anything and that none of them have fought a dragon or a 
spider or a sphinx or whatever i'm like hang on hang on a minute harry like (laughs) for one uh they have been there for most of that also hermione did most of the actual work in chamber of the secrets and goblet of fire um (laughs) i just he he crosses the threshold from like having a bunch of pent-up angst that he's like not sure how to process and just kind of straight up becomes an asshole here yeah and you know i'm not quite sure because like i i definitely am kind of on board feeling like this is the chapter where i'm kind of falling off uh, with the angst and i'm not even sure if it's harry's outburst as much as hermione and ron's reaction to it yes yeah it's the framing of harry's angst specifically i also like the way I, I don't really know how to say it. Like the things that he's upset about aren't what I would imagine he would be upset about. Like they're, they're very <laughs> mm-hmm. weird. Um, Like bringing up like the Sphinx is specifically very funny. Like I got past a Sphinx. Um, I had to solve a riddle. And it's really like it, he, it's so external, like about stuff that he has done that feels like it's supposed to be a callback for me to be like, oh yeah, we all went through that. When I would much rather have it be about how he's feeling and how horrible his summer has been and how he's been miserable and and has been dealing with this this trauma of seeing someone murdered. Um, and, and like, I'm okay with him not having a lot of self-awareness for his own problem. Mm-hmm. But like, again, I just don't know. I, I feel like maybe it's framed in a way that I'm supposed to be like, he is objectively right. When really what I want Hermione to say is like, Hey, what the fuck? Uh, you're like, at the very least, your problem was with Dumbledore, not with me. Yeah. Like the, the thing I would expect Harry to be actually upset about is like, or, or like the core argument that I was expecting and maybe hoping these characters to have is not like, like, I'm the one who d- did all this stuff, but like, why do you give a fuck what Dumbledore says? Right? Like right, like the, we, we've been in this together. We've been breaking rules this entire time. Like we can't, we've never trusted the adults. We have, we have always kind of done this, the three of us. And I am, I am betrayed by you two exactly that is that and like that's a way more understandable and like relatable uh drive for this 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 conflict i think and it's what i was expecting and and kind of in my head what i remembered like this book being about but he's his behavior here is so weird because hermione and ron are like acquiescing to everything he's saying and saying like, oh, we're so we're so sorry, Harry. Like, like you're so you're so right and cool. And he's just sort of like behaving like a mad king here, like like just berating them, like even though they're agreeing with it's it's very strange. He just keeps going here. I if I was not if I didn't have more knowledge of the rest of the book, I would think that it's very intentional, seeing that it's said in contrast to Hermione explaining that the paper is painting him as like an entitled, like weird guy right because i'm like he you know we we know that voldemort has come back we know that the paper is obviously spinning this agenda but he is acting entitled and yeah and 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 like and like maybe he is but um but i don't think 
I, I'm not entirely sure that's that's what I'm supposed to be reading. Uh, no, that I don't think, I think it I'm, is. I think I'm supposed to be righteously angry for him because, like the 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 entire like like if you can if you can like pry a theme out of the mess that is Goblet of Fire, a pretty consistent one is that Harry does not have like that kind of pride, right? Like mm-hmm. he doesn't take the cup. Uh, he insists that him and Cedric take it at the same time. Uh, he loses the second task because he is so preoccupied with saving the others. Uh, like he's not like in the movie. And like, granted, this may be unfair to bring him here, but in the movie, he flat out says, "Like I don't want to be a celebrated hero. I just want to be me, or whatever." Right? Like, mm-hmm. like that is the essence of his character in Goblet of Fire. And so, I, I, I just can't feel like like this is intentional because number one i i I think we have evidence to the contrary from from like like previous writing and number two if it is if it is what we're supposed to be going for if we're supposed to feel like harry is acting entitled then it kind of makes him look like a psycho because uh the the whole like driving force behind this angst is he he watched someone die right like he he saw another kid die be murdered by the the fucking wizard hitler and for his response to that to be like i deserve the credit for everything would be bonkers and i just can't accept that as the intent i don't think yeah i guess there's like some level of angle where it could be like well if i have to go through all this bad shit the least they could do is tell me what's going on but it it doesn't seem to I feel like his his all of this stuff is very messy like the mm-hmm. and I, I I can't help but feel I'm just like supposed to be kind of on his side. Yeah, yeah, it, it does feel that way, like especially just with Hermione's reaction. I was pretty mad at Harry, honestly, like like he was just being an asshole and like making Hermione cry and like making Ron feel bad. And it's like you suck right now, Harry, like. Like, there's no real excuse for this. Yeah. Um, the thing that kept having, um, it kept bringing focus back to is that uh, when Harry uh, sent Hedwig to go um, get letters from them, she, he told her specifically to, like, peck at them until they give responses. And when, she, when he sees Hermione and Ron, they both have, like, wounds on their hands. And it, yeah. like, it keeps, like, bringing that, like... And and I don't does it say like and he didn't feel bad or yes, something? Yes, no. There is a, there is a line where he says like he couldn't bring himself to feel bad about it, like like real weird vindictive behavior. I'm like I'm like like I said, there is a version that I can understand that the the idea that he is upset and feels betrayed because like you know screw what Dumbledore says we're we're best friends that would make sense, but this angle is very strange to me. Yeah, I'm. I'm still. I'm still kind of uh, withholding complete judgment here. Oh, I'm sure. interested to see how this kind of keeps, how it kind of unfolds. It's it's very weird and feels kind of messy here. Um, I am all for. I guess I say this every time, but I do think it is worth saying. I am all for a character being wrong, right? Like, yeah, like totally, I, I, totally, I don't. Totally. I don't want to just sound like I'm saying like, oh, he's in the wrong here, and I don't like it. Um, but rather but rather how it's, it's framed. The, it's the framing. Yes. Yeah. 
and a character can also be wrong and you can still root for him right like that mm-hmm. that is also true um and and this is just kind of like a, a weird uh i i don't really know who who i'm supposed to be rooting for or rather i do and it's and it's difficult to yes jenny's there Ginny is there. Uh, Ginny watch. Ginny watch. Uh, it's an amazing uh, on International Women's Day Eve. Is it tomorrow? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that that we are back on Ginny watch, uh, and she's the cool girl. She's not like other girls. She's I... not like other girls. She's doing stink bombs. She's not phased <laughs> by by the the mess in the house. She's cool. It's incredible to me that that she has just like appeared. Right, like she's been around. Uh, and I guess she did have that, uh, those lines in Goblet of Fire during the, like, Yule Ball chapters and, and got mm-hmm. to, like, uh, go to the dance with Neville and all of that. Um, but she has just kind of, like, fully integrated herself in this group. Uh, yeah, like, it's, it's... no, it's not, it's just like she was always there, I guess. Yeah, she's, like, part of the unit in this scene of, like, like Hermione ron harry fred george and like Ginny's there and just like behaving like this is a normal thing for this story like oh yeah Ginny is always part of this unit it's very funny i'm not not a bad thing like uh i'll you know the more Ginny content we get i think the better because Ginny, Wa- i would like for Ginny watch to be you know vindicated by the end of the series but um yeah it's very funny that she just like appears and is like here she is and she's cool and 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 like she's basically just like fred and george now and it's it's very feel similar to the the tonk stuff just feels so much like a direct like like oh you thought my portrayal of hermione was problematic well here you go here's a bunch of cool ladies now Matilda backshot is here right like it's just like i don't know um it 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 feels very pointed and like that's not necessarily a bad thing but it, it, it is a little transparent i think yeah um she like i guess i like her lines here we we find out that yeah. she can lie to her mom really well yeah yeah that th- th- that's a good a good little scene i i i actually think out of everything in this chapter and maybe in this reading in total i think the best and most interesting thing is the percy schism uh, oh yeah i think that stuff is super interesting um cuz the weasleys have always been the like the perfect like the perfect family um in this series so like the the family that harry never had uh and so seeing like their family split up over like politics stuff is a really interesting uh take i think and i i, I was fascinated by that stuff especially because percy was like a comic relief character up until this point yeah trump voter not getting invited to thanksgiving <laughs> can't believe percy, this percy wearing a fucking maga hat oh what a cursed image <laughs> that's just horrible just just the worst but yeah no I, I thought that stuff was really cool and like the like there's just a, um the, the, like the the idea that the weasleys would be that strong in their political political convictions too is really interesting like that's like like in a in a lot of stories this would be like an ongoing thing between these characters but we are appearing in the story post like right yeah like post the 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 resolution to this thing uh which is them just like not talking to each other more it's it's interesting to be dealing with the aftermath of that rather than like 
working through it with the characters you know um Mm -hmm. i i i i appreciated that a lot and uh um i think that is one of the uh because this is something that this series has struggled with multiple times is like making the transition from like comedy series to serious political drama mm-hmm. um and a lot of things don't make that transition very well but i think that like taking the character who's like supposed to be the pompous government man character uh and then you know turning it into like an actual like like issue with his family i think i think that survives the jump i think that one works for me yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. It's um I I don't remember what happens with that, honestly. I, I, I have no idea what happens to Percy, so I, I'm interested in that going forth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. So yeah. I I I think that the drama here I like I I'm 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 I I'm not like writing it off yet, like you said, but I'm definitely understanding where people are coming from now like when they're saying like oh harry is just an asshole in this book and 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 i i get it now because it's framed very oddly here uh real quick the wrap up here this scene with the painting of sirius's mom (laughs) what the fuck (laughs) uh tars falling over is very funny to me (laughs) Tonks, the, the description of her, so she's like flat on her back or whatever. Like she really fell. Yeah. Uh, in 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 this, which is is pretty funny. But the, I want to know the logistics of the painting here because sure. how are they struggling to close the curtain? Like, like anyway, there's a the description of her like swiping at them with like claws or whatever, which is a really vivid image. Uh, it's a curtain on a painting i thought that the paintings literally couldn't interact with people it's very the 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 sentience of paintings in harry potter is something that does not survive the jump from uh (laughs) from comedy to to serious yeah i mean i guess like it's like dark magic right because this is like the dark magic house so it's like um i guess something that has been benign and silly so far being like turned on its head and is something evil and like Mm. materially interacting with the world that's all i've got do you think that the description of the claws, like is the is is the claws there just meant to be a vivid description of like her nails or do you think she literally has claws i would have to look brandishing clawed hands as though trying to tear at their faces um perhaps she just got back uh from the nail salon when she had her uh <laughs> had her portrait painted i don't know please yeah, I, I mean I, I guess if i was having a portrait painted i would be like please paint me with claws that would be fucking sick right i'll paint me like momo right like make me a cool bird monster fuck right. yeah um this brings me to something i forgot to bring up in the last chapter but i think it's extremely important and mm-hmm. uh and i think we need to discuss sure what is the difference between uh metamorph magus and transfiguration um i don't know what is the difference between legilimency that snape does and uh and queenie being a legilimens <laughs> i i really am like like uh this is a this gets dangerously close to theory like a fan theory that uh-huh. i uh, that that i despise 
but I'm gonna I'm mm-hmm. gonna say it anyway because I know we've touched on this like a few times, but I you know it's Harry Potter really doesn't get into magic very much no. like it's almost like very unconcerned with magic mm-hmm. at all or what magic <laughs> means for a story <laughs> in any way or like it just it's just like completely <laughs> unconcerned uh, because in this like like them having magic is almost inconsequential um so i really like this idea and i keep coming back to it that like all the magic that the wizards are doing are all just like worse versions of like old old artifact magic right like it touches on Mm -hmm. it with like the hallows and stuff as it's like okay there's like one invisibility cloak and there you can make other ones but they're all like a little bit shittier right so I yeah. think there's probably like a cohesive, like, quote unquote, fan theory, which I despise, um, which is that like, there there are is like, pure expressions of like, natural magic that happen, and that everything that wizards do is like, trying to be that good, but never will be. Does that make sense? Mm. So that's like how, how yeah. I kind of read the, the Metamorph Magus stuff. It's like Metamorph Mag- Magus is like a pure transfiguration thing. Like that is the... That is like right. the origin of transfiguration. I, mean, I could see that. I kind of like that. It's just funny because like, like I'm pretty sure we've seen transfiguration changing minor details of things, right? Like, like I mean, Crump turned his head into a shark. In yeah, we've seen partial. Yeah, we've seen partial transfiguration, and so I find that very curious that we have this new thing, which is the same thing. I mean, maybe it's because it's wandless, but like McGonagall's. McGonagall can turn into a cat, and that doesn't require a wand. Uh, right, it's... like, I, I have a hard time believing that McGonagall can't just turn her hair pink if she wants to, right? Yeah, and I also, I, I realize I just brought up the cat thing. We, um, I'm going a little cross-eyed here, because we also have Animagus, which is right. specifically this for animals, but when Crumb turned his head into a shark, that wasn't being an Animagus, that was a, that was transfiguration, Right, but being an animagus is an advanced form of transfiguration. Transfiguration. It doesn't matter. The magic in this book doesn't matter at all. Uh, that that's that's what I. I mean, my conclusion is is that the magic is whatever the plot needs it to be. Right. Yes. At any McGonagall given time. should turn her hair pink. Is what I'm saying. I mean, we that don't know that she cool. doesn't. That's true. I guess we don't know that. Um, but yeah, we should. Uh, you know, encourage McGonagall to 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 express herself with transfiguration a bit more yeah i just i i I realized during that whole tonk scene just like wait a minute like we have this magic in this story already it's it's kind of interesting how that stuff kind of shakes out i guess yeah i i I really like i i I don't want to be too cynical about it because again it's magic i've said it i've said it many times like uh, if you're writing a magical book and and you can make it do whatever you want and and it should serve the plot uh obviously because i i I think that that's probably more important um and i'm not even a very big fan of like very coherent magical systems that end up looking more like math than than they do magic um but brad sanderson (laughs) (laughs) thank you i don't know who that was yeah i I, that's just passing by your window that's so weird mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah so I, I I don't know. I guess my like I think I think that the answer is that that J.K. Rowling wanted to write a cool, uh, short-haired uh, woman who turns her hair purple sometimes. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
yeah yeah that makes more sense probably so yeah um aside from snape not eating dinner with everyone i think we've covered pretty much everything that's because he has a he's a vampire and he has to go find blood <sighs> elsewhere i love i love that theory that's a fan theory i can get behind snape is a vampire um snape is a vampire we do have creature also um and we don't see All creature right. um but we do get aren't you happy that we just get like more of this ron hating house elves dialogue mm, 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 real weird this time just for uh, no reason yeah, for zero reason, uh, with dead house elves, like, within view. Right, uh, yeah. Very weird. <laughs> I well, I know you said it at the top here. I'm just experiencing, like, the worst irony poisoning on Earth, because now I love house elves, and I'm finding, I'm, like, reading this, and I'm like, Ron, <laughs> you fucker. How could, yeah. how could you? House elves are great. I love Dobby. I love Winky probably love creature creature is a, a rude house elf which i think is what we I love what we that <laughs> yeah we need we need that in this story is we need we need a house elf who hates it uh and i'm excited to get the creature next week i'm also excited to get the creature because i i'm i'm having like pre-asmr feelings of like i'm gonna be reading all the creature stuff and and just my brain is gonna be feeling real good because i what? have what such that? strong <laughs> jim dale <laughs> yes would you like to ask what a question what is a pre-asmr feeling like i'm an, i'm anticipating it i i know oh, okay. i know it's coming down the pot not oh you <laughs> just some jokes <laughs> just some jokes no i'm i'm not <laughs> calm down <laughs> We're just looking forward to Creature here. We're looking forward, yes, we're looking forward to having ASMR feelings, thinking about Jim Dale. There's, n We're not talking about any other thing that you could construe the word pre into. Please. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You never, I, yes, you never would. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, anything else for these chapters? or Or is that about it? I think that's it. I wish I had more of a thesis about Harry's Harry's going through it. So I guess my I guess my thesis is that Harry's just Harry's really going through it, huh? Harry's Harry's going through it when he's fucked up. That's the real him. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I I like I, I I I kept saying like, oh, I'm I'm off I'm off the train. I'm like I'm I'm not on board anymore. I don't think I'm actually that far along. I just think that like this scene is writing a check. I hope it cashes right like yeah i i hope that we get a proper um uh like evaluation of like his behavior in this scene and like how the other characters really feel about it and stuff or if or if we really do uh or if we really are just meant to like take it at face value and be like yep no harry's right like they're being mean to him like that's i'm curious to see how it shakes out yeah i think that this i think my like biggest criticism is just like i feel like this scene could be a lot stronger i think that like there was so much setup from the first few chapters of of him really feeling really shitty and bad and i, I would take almost anything from his outburst other than like i got past a sphinx <laughs> i solved caps. that riddle <laughs> It, yeah it's really weird it, yeah because the the first couple chapters really do dangle a, a a relatable thing in front of you which is like like you know he he feels left out 
uh and and when he gets there he feels betrayed that his friends uh took dumbledore's word over his what he sees as his well-being right like right seems like a fairly cut and dry good conflict to explore but it, it feels like it missed that very easy mark i guess yeah well i think we need to take a break and uh get our brains ready for some imagining yeah that sounds great week we dipped our toes into the wonderful world of imagines i don't think we did more than dip we kind of jumped in we did a beautiful swan dive right into the deep end of yeah yeah we we definitely have kind of been focusing uh you know we've been talking a lot about these we love them uh, but it's been a lot of kind of celebs right Mm -hmm. so i thought i thought this week uh since we're kind of catching up with uh we have a lot of new lore in Order of the Phoenix. A lot of new characters are getting introduced. Um, so I thought I would focus on our favorite Manic Pixie Dream Girl goth GF Tonks. Ooh. Uh, because I think we could dip our toes into the world of, of fictional character imagines. Okay. Um, and and I, I found it, like similar to like confessions like on Tumblr, they're just like blogs that compile all of these. So these are all like short. They're like um you know uh baby shoes never worn kind of short stories here Uh, so i so i just want to like read some to you um i also have some some reddit posts lined up for some of our other new characters if we have enough time uh but i just have some some kind of short short little imagines uh that we can kind of bounce off of uh to talk about our our new newly introduced character tonks here um so i have a first one for you all right. Are you ready to do some imagining? Lay it on me. My big, uh, powerful brain is throbbing, ready to imagine things. This is kind of like a, this is a little bit of a crossover. You know, even reading after, um, which is the the Anna Todd novel about punk Harry Styles um, and, and an original character. So this mm-hmm. feels, this feels like a little bit of a crossover. Um, and it's imagine Tonks calling you punk affectionately. <laughs> what i don't um, know if that's like hey punk yeah yeah hey punk how's it going like as a nickname or like you you do something rude and she's like pretends to not like it and calls you a punk but like you're kind of doing like a playful insult thing um i just i don't think she would do that because i think the the like the the punk the subculture is named that because the people who called young people punks as an insult are like old dorks right like right like like that's what soldier 76 calls diva because she's doing a snapchat right like like uh punks get off right. my lawn um, yeah uh and i don't think that an i don't think that a punk would call so we're getting really deep into the weeds is, here already on the first Tonks one. Is punk? Would you like, mm, is she, it, or is there like a, is there a, a Tonks punk edit? Cause she is not 
punk. Oh no, that you, has to exist. Can surely, you, can you punk edit someone who's already punk? Like, like can you double punk? Is it like like, like a double stuffed Oreo? Like, like I like I know like Green Day is like pop punk, right? Like, and a lot of people be like, that's not punk. But could right. you like punk edit? Billy Joe Armstrong to be more punk, like, well, like that, true like, punk. That's that's real. That's that's difficult because I would say that like the the edits that people do for punk edits are much more pop punk than like punk punk, right? Like right. Like they're much more like scenester uh, type edits. Uh, you know, they're not like like American like eighties hardcore kids, and they're not like. <laughs> like you know uh, british 70s punks i yeah i i wonder i want is there like authentic punk edit is there like someone taking punk edits and going like actually they would never have like like this tattoo this is a rockabilly tattoo i give them a real punk tattoo i'm making their hair really punk i'm putting safety pins in where you put the the crappy uh claire's piercings like so like just the 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 traditionalist punk edit. <laughs> this, sound, this sounds like quality content for our Instagram. I, yeah, oh, there we go. Perfect. Perfect. We we do have a new Instagram. Uh uh if you have not followed that yet, you should check it out because we're gonna we're we got some plans for it. Um but yeah, I I I can't imagine t- Tonks calling me a punk because I, I would turn to her and say, Are you like fucking 70 years old? What's the deal? Ah, <laughs> <sighs> Wow, that's like very evocative. I, I, I guess like, I am I guess, imagining. I mean, I, I guess I, she could just be like, "Hey, punk." It'd be weird though, wouldn't she? Be like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think anyone like do, do goths go like, "Hey, goth." Like, 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 like. I don't, I don't know if that's how how people in subcultures talk to each other. Well, this next one is a little bit related. Okay, but, but not really. Um, and it's imagine Tonks inviting you to a rock concert rock is oh, capitalized a rock concert wait does it have the w is it no, wizard rock nope, okay no it's muggle rock muggle rock I, i'm imagining it i'm imagining it that sounds pretty cool i guess i like concerts sometimes uh what uh what rock concert do you think she would invite you to uh well, jk rowling created tonks so probably <laughs> franz ferdinand or muse right <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> imagine tonks inviting you to the muse show imagine imagine tonks playing air guitar during the bridge on soldiers soldiers poem or knights of cydonia (laughs) okay but maybe this is tonks uh transcended from from her from her jk rowling origins okay so the description of tonks that we got in the book is that she's wearing like dark clothes but she has like spiky pink hair or whatever uh-huh. sure. if this is set in the 90s uh-huh i'm i'm thinking tonks is like a smashing pumpkin sonic youth uh like type kind of like like grunge punk type I, I i could see her being into like pj harvey maybe i'm imagining none of these names are ringing any bells for you right uh, no I, I blanked out completely <laughs> uh yeah no i i i um uh, i mean i know the names of the bands right, right like, but, i, I but, have but heard I'm, of smashing pumpkins i'm not there invoking not... anything about tonks's character for you here no um, no what, i but i do want to know would you go to a smashing pumpkins uh concert with tonks uh hmm am i in the 90s or are we talking now 
Uh, both. I'd like oh, an answer okay. for both, please. In the nineties, yes. Uh, if if it was now, I'd have a I'd have to sit Tonks down and have a long conversation. Uh, asking her if she's seen that uh, Billy Corgan goes on like Infowars and thinks QAnon is real uh, now. Oh, um, yeah. She's going to be devastated. Tonks, I'm sorry. Your faith is problematic. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have a long conversation about separating art from the artist with Tonks. Is what you're saying? <laughs> with Tonks? Oh, no. Oh, Im- imagine. Imagine that. <laughs> Oh, Sounds no. terrible. Oh God, no! <laughs> I, I don't want to imagine having that conversation with Tonks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I can. I can imagine. If it was the '90s, sure. Bill, uh, Smashing Pumpkins was cool, uh, and I would definitely go to that show with Tonks. That would be neat. Um, but but if it was now, uh, I it's time for difficult a difficult conversation with her. I think. Okay, I have another one. I'm gonna have a hard time making it through this one without laughing. Um, and also this one kind of like strays from the imagine formula okay. in that there's no there's no second person there's no you involved in this it's like you're oh. literally just imagining a scene a so scenario. it's much more just like general fan fiction than it is like an imagine it just starts with the word imagine but i couldn't not include it um because it's just about the funniest thing i've ever read um and I, I'm sorry that I don't have like a soundboard to go along with this. Uh, so I'm just going to need you to do your best imagining. Um, okay. And it's imagine Remus and Tonks making out while Animals by Maroon 5 plays in the background. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to. <laughs> I really don't want to. Animals by Maroon 5. Do I know that one? Uh, you'll know it once you hear it. Oh boy! I mean, all the songs sound the same, right? Like Animals, Maroon Five. We're gonna get copyright. Yep. We're gonna get a copyright strike here because I'm That's looking fine. it up. Um, but it is important for me it's, to. It's the ambiance here. <laughs> oh, I'm imagining it. <laughs> I'm imagining it. I don't like it. Adam Levine not feel terminal embarrassment constantly. I guess it's because he's uh, attractive and famous and incredibly rich. But aside from those things, I would be. I, I went. I went on a journey last because I was. I was reading these last night, and so I immediately, of course, had to look up the song. So I was like, "Do I know that one?" And I heard it. I was like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure they play this in the grocery store or whatever." <laughs> um, and then. I noticed that their newest album is called Red Pill Blues. Yeah, yes, mm-hmm, sure is. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh no! I mean, not that. I mean, again, I, I don't care about celebs, right? But I'm like, is this like, <laughs> is this like secret Red Pill stuff? Um, and so I looked it up, and I just about died laughing reading the like, the like, no, we didn't know it's from the Matrix. We're hardcore feminists, and like, wait, is that serious? I thought, yeah. okay i did not know this i i saw that title and was just like (laughs) okay there is a hilarious quote from i think i think the guitarist of maroon 5 going on this rant about how internet trolls ruin everything and that they just like the matrix and that like he's like and we're all hardcore feminists so we're hoping we can reclaim it for the good guys (laughs) 
Oh my god, that's fantastic. The phrase red pill, though, has since been co-opted by the men's rights movement to suggest the reawakening. Okay, blah, 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 blah. We didn't really understand the whole men's rights thing, Valentine <laughs> told HuffPost. Uh, after the announcement, some social media users jumped all over the title, questioning its meaning, which prompted the band's publicist to release a statement explaining the title references a term popularized in The Matrix. It was never <laughs> the band's intention to re- reference anything else. The band is shocked that this has even come up. We're like, oh man, of course, like 2017 is the worst. We were talking about the scene in The Matrix. Do you take the red pill or the blue pill? <laughs> And the fact that seeing the world for what it is in 2017 can be kind of rough. We had no idea about the association with men's rights, Valentine said. Hopefully everyone knows from all of our pasts that our statements on the issue and our actions in the past that we are all hardcore feminists in this band. (laughs) So that's a horrible association, ugh, to have. The internet trolls have to ruin everything. I think maybe we can reclaim it for the good side. Oh my god. This is the funniest. Like I was, I was dying reading this. I could not believe it. And how appropriate for us to read this on International Women's Day. Women's Day. Thank you, Maroon Five, Did, for okay. reclaiming red pill for the good side. So, so now <laughs> I am imagining this, and I'm imagining that the, the uh, Tonks is uh, sees that Lupin has red pill blues on his iPod and is like, hey, what the fuck? And Lupin's like, no, I just like the Matrix. And then they argue a little bit about it and then they put the song on so he can prove that it doesn't have anything to do with men's rights and then they start right. making out. Yeah. There we go. They, these imagines are so evocative. They lead, so vivid. lead to such interesting places. This is so vivid. Wow. I'm so glad that we could clear clear up Maroon 5's good name <laughs> on International <laughs> Women's Day. <laughs> really doing our part here. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I'm, are you ready for another uh, yes, you-focused you um, <laughs> uh, imagine? Yes, I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready to put myself in the story once more. Yeah. Imagine Tonks getting you an amazing Christmas present. <laughs> is that it? Is that the whole thing? <laughs> that's, that's it. Oh, uh, not giving me much to work with here. What would an amazing Christmas present from Tonks be? I would mean, it be I think so- it's probably I'd pr- I think it's probably the Red Pill Red Pill Blues album by oh, Maroon Five. Oh no, on vinyl. Oh, you shouldn't have. Tonks. I was thinking a CD, but I guess a vinyl would be better. <laughs> what about smashing pumpkins tickets that's what she's gotten me yeah i guess Um, you could like combine all of these can't you and yeah into one story into one story yeah i'm looping now uh and she's she's buying me a a, a maroon five album wow beautiful beautiful what else might tonks get you for christmas that would be amazing ah like me lupin or me me you you me me uh (laughs) that's uh, what imagines are all about except for that other one uh uh tonks could you get me a sword um could you kind of sword i like a like a like a cool okay no i'll i'll i i i can't front on my Amazon wish list for the longest time, I've had uh, both Gandalf's sword and Aragorn's sword. 
on my wish list because there's a there's a company that made like film prop replicas uh and and so hey talk you know you know um you know how my brain is broken and i think that sauron and saruman are the same person Mm -hmm. um well i my brain is also broken which is where i think when someone says aragorn i think they're saying aragon uh, the dragon book. Oh, so I, thought, I thought maybe I thought maybe you were getting an Aragon film replica sword. That definitely someone because the Aragon movie was really trying to be like kids Lord of the Rings. They had to have made that uh, Aragon sword replica. Now I'm in, I'm imagining a story where I say to Tonks, "Yep, okay." Uh, um, uh, I say to Tonks, I'd like Aragorn's sword, and she miss she you know she doesn't hear me correctly, and Tonks gets me uh, Zarok sword of Aragon, which is a, a prop uh. you can also get, and and you know it's the wrong one, but I still appreciate it because it's the thought that counts, and it's still a cool sword. Yeah, that yes. would be an amazing present. That's quite a story. Thank you, Tonks, for the sword. Thank you very much for the sword. That's wonderful. I, I guess after all of this, you know, you've you've gone uh, to a rock concert with Tonks. Uh, mm-hmm. She called you punk that one time. Um, <laughs> Affectionately. Uh, she uh, turned you into a feminist by explaining that Maroon 5 are, are also <laughs> hardcore feminists. Uh-huh. Uh, and final, finally, for my last imagine here, I think we're going to get a little romantic. Okay. All right. Imagine Tonks getting jealous when someone flirts with you. Oh, what would that entail? Just the thing I always found weird about Tonks in these books is that, like I said uh, the, in the earlier part of the show, I always thought that she was being framed as like the cool older girl that Harry would have like a hopeless crush on. Right. But that never that never really comes up, um, and neither does anything about Lupin and Tonks's relationship. They just sort of appear in the relationship in book seven or whatever right like like up oh, here we are We're... yeah I, th- I think so so we never really get to see what tonks uh behaves like in a relationship um do you think that tonks is like uh one of the little horrible critters from that pixar movie uh and and when she gets mad like her hair turns into fire or something which horrible little guys from a pixar movie are you referring to inside out is that a pixar oh, I don't, movie i don't know if it's pixar i do know i never saw it though but i it's do know what you're talking good. about yeah um, i think i think maybe like maybe she got you know uh perhaps her hair turns green with envy oh ooh, she becomes the green-eyed monster right her eyes turn green she just she just turns green all over yeah um uh, so there's there's one um uh maybe she goes into her uh room and starts angrily listening to maroon 5 or smashing pumpkins there's a lot Can of good sm- is it is it possible to angrily listen to maroon 5 <laughs> every time i listen to maroon <laughs> 5 it's angrily okay that's not okay that's not quite what i mean <laughs> i know what you mean like you can't like punch dance to maroon 5 right like you can't <laughs> right you can't get worked up i don't maybe they have a couple of angry songs i'm pretty sure all of them sound like animals though um but uh but yeah <laughs> yeah maybe maybe she's listening to you know smashing pumpkins has a lot of angsty 
angsty songs. Maybe she locks herself in a room and starts listening to the world is a vampire or something like like very loudly. And I'm like, hey, yeah, they flirted with me, Tonks. Not my problem. I didn't flirt with them. Right. Yeah. Maybe she should grow up a little bit. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe she should. Yeah. Also. Also, Tonks. Is a, yeah. Maybe you should just lighten up a little bit. Jeez. <laughs> that was quite a journey. Quite a journey. I'm so thrilled to have had had this uh, emotional voyage through my relationship with Tonks. It's a little sad that it had to end on such a downer. Um, uh, I would have hoped that Tonks would have been a little bit more mature uh, about the whole thing. But, you know, all characters have flaws. So, yeah, that's uh, true. I I feel like we learned a lot more about Tonks. I mean, we learned nothing, but, but, (laughs) you know. This is what fandom's all about, right? That is what fandom is all about. It's I all agree. about getting a sword for Christmas from Tonks. All about getting a sword for Christmas from Tonks. And it's it's the wrong one, but you love it anyway. Gosh darn it. Do you think we have some time for some Reddit questions just real quickly? I would love nothing more. I just have a little grab bag of of slightly like related to some of our new new things. You know, we're just starting Order of the Phoenix, so I thought I would just kind of grab some general questions, mm-hmm. um, so we can go through these real quick. Um, here's one, and it's just about Order of the Phoenix, which is: I wonder if J.K. Rowling only discovered the word "mate" while writing Order of the Phoenix. I swear, every piece of dialogue starts with or ends in "mate," whereas I can't recall a single time it's said in the previous books kind of funny really oh shit do you do you think that jk rowling just discovered the word mate as she was writing (laughs) the order of the phoenix yes she she lived the however improbable it was (laughs) she went through all what it would have been like 30 something years right uh, from birth to writing order of the phoenix uh without hearing anyone in england say mate that's so weird I, did anyone say mate? Is it just Ron? Probably he seems like someone who would say mate. I would assume so. I, I have always kind of taken that as like the kids are growing up and maybe using different slang as they get older. Yeah, yeah. Um, or but I didn't like I didn't consider the possibility that J.K. Rowling had just discovered the word. Yeah, she she had never heard anyone in England say mate. Uh, uh, just 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 pure coincidence. That actually does bring me. I uh, bring have. A, I, I have a question. Sure. What? How are you imagining Tonks's like accent and voice? Are you like? I'm not. If at all, you're not. Yeah. No, I. Well, I mean, that's like. I. I mean, I am not very. I don't like accent literate. I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that's probably at least somewhat of like an American thing. Mm-hmm. especially like living in probably the Pacific Northwest is it's like, I, I have a very, I don't really identify accents, especially like different accents in a, that are all like British accents to me. So mm-hmm. I'm not, so I don't really picture anything. Okay. Okay. I was just curious. What about you? Uh, Like very like working class Northern English to me. Mm. Um, uh, But I, it's interesting because like I at the same time that's probably not how she's written because we know that uh any accent outside of like like typical southern english accent JK uh just phonetically spells everything out. Right, yeah. Um but uh I don't know. I, that's that's kind of just what I imagine, but uh but uh, uh like I said probably wrong cuz if it was that way she would have she would have she would have been writing tongues like Ella Ello Govnor, right? Like <laughs> like writing it out uh 
she says, and I'm sorry for butchering this because I surely will, but she says watcher, right? What? Yeah, that, watcher. Does that mean anything? Yeah, that's for, just for like you, a... Yeah, that accent, I think that, I mean. that might have been the linchpin for like why I was uh, imagining it that way. Um, yeah, that's that's like a typical like like greeting uh, yeah. that you'd say in that accent. So I yeah I I think I might be onto something there. Maybe maybe she, maybe book five is just where she's like given up that horrible habit of just writing spelling everything out and like dropping the G's on everything, which sucks in uh in in the previous writing stuff. Yeah. But, uh, it's just so crazy. Everyone in my head is just um, sounds like Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh wow, that's mm, that's beautiful. Isn't it, it? I mean, that's he had quite a nice voice. Even he Dobby, can, he can do quite a range. You know, he can be Sherlock, he can be Khan, he can be Smaug. You know, he's got a lot of voices in him. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, my next question isn't. Uh, it's more of a post, and like I think it does also reference some things that happen uh, later on in the series. But since we just got introduced, uh, like for real, to Mundungus Fletcher, I thought that I would read this question. Mm-hmm. Um, the title of the post is just Mundungus Fletcher. <laughs> it's a. It's also, I think, a discussion week uh, question. Oh, uh, fr- the best. from from one month ago, also. What do you think of this person? He makes mistakes, but seems a valuable asset to the order. Was it at all mean of Harry to reprimand him for taking silver from Grimmauld Place? I mean, no one was using the silver anyway. Your thoughts? <laughs> I did not know that happened. Who? Harry. Harry is a cop. Harry right, has all the yeah. makings of a cop. Uh, and and I think he should keep his nose out of Mundungus's business, personally. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that the first comment here, like the first reply is is very Reddit, which is Fletcher is a piece of shit crook that's only in the order because he has connections in the underworld, two words. He as he as many others are in the order because of Dumbledore and his alliance shifted when he was dead. Of course, it is wrong to steal the silver. If your grandma or someone similar is sent to a nursing home, it sure as hell isn't okay for her neighbor to go in and take all her stuff and sell it on eBay. <laughs> that thing that people do all the time (laughs) oh god yeah i mundungus fletcher i uh i don't know it sounds like you need you need a you need someone with those connections in the order um so harry keep your fucking nose out of it is is my take it's not it's not his silver it's not harry's silver it's some like old racist guy's silver who cares yeah yeah, um, I have one more uh, for you. And I, I don't even know how this came up in my search. I assume that like somebody talked about Menungus in the uh, in the comments or something. But mm-hmm. I thought it would be a fun one to end on. And it's something that I hadn't really considered. And I also just really like the wording of this post, which is what kinds of wizard ways do you think there are to get fucked up? Oh God! Oh, that is beautiful. What wizard ways are there to get fucked up? I'll read the body of the of the post. Yeah, it's please. Very funny. I mean, think about it. They have spells, potions, and within potions, they have access to all kinds of ingredients. And other substances may exist in the wild, or certain types of wizard food, maybe. Or maybe they do the same things muggles do: smoke weed, get drunk. The books touch on butterbeer and occasionally a tipsy character, but nothing deeper than that. Maybe muggles smuggle pot into Hogwarts. Ha ha. 
I bet the wizarding market for hard drugs goes deeper and darker than anything. They could Damn. make muggle drugs and then some. This is the shit I think about. <laughs> <laughs> this is inc- this is the best post I have seen on this on <laughs> on this Reddit by far. Uh, and I am now also imagine this is this is an imagines post to me. Imagine all of the cool drugs wizards could do. They could they could take. You could take a, imagine, uh, uh, smoking uh, uh, weed with Seamus Finnegan and Dean Thomas and everyone in the Gryffindor common room, uh, and and you're running out of out of uh, out of weed, and you you can just engorgio the weed and make more weed. Engorgio weed. Engorgio weed. Uh, you. C- <laughs> I just sounded like a fucking robot there. I realized. <laughs> Imagine weed. Um. Uh. Uh. The the thing I'm just always thinking about is the the weird space that Polyjuice Potion uh takes in the fandom space, where like every once a week, I swear on the Reddit, someone's like, "You think that people." Uh, <laughs> do take polyjuice potion and then have freaky sex with other people uh and like that's every that's every week someone posts that uh oh, yeah. and i would much rather know uh what wizard drugs people are taking um because that seems like a really cool avenue that's never really explored uh yeah i mean like they're getting drunk all the time like i imagine they probably just do all the normal drugs right like like you don't need yeah i mean it's probably just like different names for normal drugs right i mean that's like the the harry potter convention right it's like they have whiskey but it's like magic whiskey and they would have like weed but it's yeah it's butterweed butterweed uh uh uh, butter cocaine i'm i'm my 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 big powerful imagination is kind of running all <laughs> on steam out of for all the tonk stuff we've been doing and so i can only imagine butter butter stuff do, do you butter. think snape's got weed snape sn- <laughs> oh, imagine smoking a bowl with snape um <laughs> i i think that snape doesn't have weed and i think that he should try it that's my opinion. Yeah, it might help him out. I yeah, I I think that if anyone in the series could do with 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 some some smonk, I think it might be Snape. Like like that's a good imagine. I think like ima- imagine visiting Snape at his Muggle house and he's all he's all fucking rude and and shit. And you're like Snape, I'm here Let's to hang out. Let's smoke a bowl. Let's smoke a bowl, and then Snape starts telling you about how CBD is fake. Right, uh, and sure. He's, he's he's really angry about it, um, and you're like, yeah, well, you know, some you explain. Imagine explaining to Snape that depending on where the CBD is from, it might have different effects because if if it's from a state where weed is legal, they can get it from plants that also have THC. But if it's from California, the CBD will be from hemp, which is a, a different, slightly different strain that might not work for you the same way. And he says, right. I don't care. And he, and he kicks you out. Mm, that does seem accurate. Um, do you think Trelawney's got weed? Yeah, if anyone does at Hogwarts, absolutely, it's Trelawney. Trelawney's so cool. Imagining hanging out with Trelawney—that's my imagine. Imagine 
just just chilling yeah, like out with Trelawney. A, imagine smoking a bowl with Trelawney and McGonagall. Oh, that sounds fucking fantastic. <laughs> yeah, like make it because they because they they're they're not really friends with each other, but I bet something could bring them together, and that thing would be weed. Yeah, I think I think that would be beautiful. I have to read one of these replies because it's killing me. Please do. Because I don't know what the hell it's talking about, but I like it. I was thinking this as well. I would assume that they would drink a bunch of potions and eat a bunch of herbs. I like to think that in a dystopian Harry Potter, Neville <sighs> the Herbology Master is out here cooking up some fire and selling them to students to get high. And Hermione, like she did in Chamber of Secrets, is whipping up the potions for the squad to get fucked up with. Hermione's what? muggle background gives her access to muggle drugs as well. So she could remake muggle alcoholic substances and drugs and make them super potent. She would be a great businesswoman. Why would you? I think that, <laughs> I, you know, I think muggle alcohol, it's got its potency down. That's just, yeah. I, I'm just like, they got, they did, we did it. We did it, guys. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I think uh, muggle achievement peaked with the invention of original Four Loco. Um, <laughs> and, and I don't know if, uh, if, if any wizard um, ingenuity could really improve on that now if wizards could cook up a potion that was like four loco because like you know now four loco is completely different because because it got banned or whatever if if hermione and neville could like cook up a potion that was like this is uh this is four loco like it used to be then i could definitely see it like yeah they would be the richest wizards in the world Right. Uh, someone else replied to this post saying, wow, I love this darker side of it. And Hermione would know about <gasps> laughing gas from her parents, so she could probably what? modify that for various results. And then the original Why? poster, like the person that wrote the like, in a dystopian Harry Potter, replied to that saying, someone write this fanfic. It was their People idea. People doing drugs is not a dystopia. That's real life. That's, that's, that's no, normal. That's, that's, that's a dystopia. That's dystopian Harry Potter. <laughs> Oh, imagine imagine Circa Duggan doing whippets. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, I I agree. I would love to read more fan fiction about this. This is I think maybe the genre of fan stuff that I like to hate read the most is the like, what if it was fucked up genre. Right, yeah. Right um it is always the stupidest and the funniest because it's always like um it's it's either like people our age who are just a little bit sad or it's um it's people kind of like a little bit older than like the yule ball role play kids who like don't have you know have never drunk anything right like that's the right. ball thing and then it's the the people who have like are in high school or like you know late or like early, late high school early college or whatever and they're either just experimenting with drugs or they are around them and have not tried them or whatever but like the, the glamour aspect of it has like seeped into their consciousness mm -hmm. but they're also still really into harry potter or mario or whatever and and so like they are combining these two interests into just a, a horrible uh 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 tone centaur it's one of my favorite just like weird fan things what if mario but it was fucked up what if yeah what, remember all those newgrounds cartoons that were like mario but he had like a shotgun 
I'm like, like, yes, we I remember so them because because we watch those to this day. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, OK, fair enough. We've not <laughs> done our War of the Shy Guys episode. We should do that on a bonus, a bonus pod, probably. <laughs> yes. But yes, a, it is a film. <laughs> It is a film. It is a, a beautiful, beautiful film. But yeah, that, I just find that kind of thing funny. Like the, God, there was a book I had as a kid. Um, I think my grandparents got me or something called Barry Trotter. It was like a pair, like an unlicensed parody book. Cool. It's fucking terrible. But it was. Did they it get was lit- fucked up? Yes, it's literally all stuff like that. It's like, what if Dumbledore is old and smoking weed and like what if uh yeah what if all the characters are are drunk and and say poop it's really bad um (laughs) but uh i have weirdly vivid memories of it um but yeah we should we should take a dive into some of that stuff because it's out there like the 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 fucked up harry potter fanfic stuff oh yeah that is that is rampant and it's great oh for sure well (sighs) If that's all we have, I think it's time for us to take it to the close. Yeah. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. You can check them out on Bandcamp. A huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can check us out on Shriekcast. Uh, no, on Patreon.com slash Shriekcast. We do not own Shriekcast.com yet. I should look into that. Um, and uh you know we got lots of lots of good bonus content if you like these imagines things we're doing uh we have some real good ones on the bonus stuff we're reading after we've uh watched some incredible films starring taylor lautner we've got so much content for you there for just a low low price of three bucks a month and liz what shall we read next week oh how are how are two chapters uh doing you the the these felt a little long, but like we're early enough that it's not super dense yet. So, yeah, these are these are definitely kind of on the cusp, uh, but they still look a little bit light to me. Okay. As far as just doing one, especially this next one, which is uh, relatively pretty short, uh, and it and I have to feel like these are both kind of just like lore. Mm-hmm. We're getting we're getting the family tree soon. Oh fuck! Right, yeah. So let's do yeah, two. I think, yeah, we'll I, see how that does us, uh, and yeah. we can kind of talk about it if it kind of continues getting longer and longer. Um, but I think for this first stuff, two is good. So next week, let's do chapter five, which is called "The Order of the Phoenix," and chapter six, "The Noble and Most Ancient House of Black," which has quite the illustration of creature. All right. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay, we definitely need to read those both of those because I need creature. I'm I need the creature content. <laughs> We love house elves. We love house elves. All right. Well, you know, (laughs) despite how excited I sound to read this one, please do not follow my footsteps. Please read another book. Please read another book. If you go into the dream, but there's a lady here that makes ocean rolls seem tame. Better know what you're after if you catch her eye. Because this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.